Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. Fantastic. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Melanie and it is wonderful to be able to bring you the message this morning. It's been a while since I've been up here, so I'm a little bit excited to be up here today. Um, So today we are in our fourth week of our Boundless series and I know Josh has talked about it already, but I really, really love the image that we've had with the Boundless series, which is the the manger um, surrounded by the expanse of space. And what I love about that is that space, and what we understand of space, is that it is expanding and it is limitless. So just as God's love, joy, hope, and peace um, have no end, space has no end. So that's what I loved about that image. I thought it was great. So, um, so far, uh, Josh talked about love and he explored how we are called to be different to the rest of the world. We are called to um, show that love is, is, a, is an action, not just a feeling. Uh, Josh also talked to us about how uh, joy, we can still experience joy Um, regardless of what is going on in our lives. Then last week we looked at peace. Uh, We had the video brought to us um, explaining that we should take some time from our busy lives to find some solitude in that time we should be um, reflecting, uh, praying, meditating on God's word so that we might be able to experience some peace. So today what we're going to be looking at is, uh, is hope and where we can find hope and how we can experience hope. But before we get into that, would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity that we have together where we can um, learn more about you where we can come together freely to worship and discuss your love and share that hope between each other. And Lord, I just pray that um, the words that I speak and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing to you. Amen. So we hear the word hope bandied around the place a lot, but what does it actually mean? So I looked it up, of course. 
and found that hope is defined as an optimistic state of mind that is based on the expectation of a positive outcome based on certain events or circumstances that we might experience. So, for example, we might hope that when we buy a lottery ticket, we're going to come out on top and the, we're going to be millionaires or even half a million would be nice. Um, we can put our hope in our favourite sporting team that they might bring us some joy and some excitement to our lives um, by winning. Um, go the cricket. I'm excited. Um, we also might put our hopes um, in our abilities. So um, I hope that through my teaching um, that my students will be able to excel and achieve the goals and dreams um, that they have for their lives. So we can put our hope in um, ourselves, we can put our hope in other people, um, that they might be a good friend, a good parent, a good husband or wife. We might put our hope in our children, hoping that they might... Um, become successful, that they won't make the same mistakes that we did, those sorts of things. Um, being the daughter of a farmer, I know that they put a lot of their hope in whether that rain's coming or not, whether or not it's coming at the right time, in the right amount. Um, not only that, they're dependent upon the season, prices, the Australian dollar, lots of things are going on, how well the season was in Canada, how the season's going in New South Wales, those sorts of things. And I think I'd rather buy a lottery ticket, to be honest. So I've given a couple of examples of what we might put our hope in. And there's a common thing, there's a common thread going through all these things. Um, a lot of the time, the things that we hope for um, are based on our expectation of other people and the world around us. And they're all dependent upon the human condition and, our, on, bleh, sorry, and on our place in the world relevant to someone or something else. And the problem with that is that in the end, we find that we end up being disappointed. Unfortunately, things break. Relationships fail. Um, you don't achieve exactly the, the score or the mark or grade that you were hoping for. You don't get that, um, what do you call it? Promotion, those things. <laughs> and we find that we really have no control over what's going on in the world around us. And if the last two years are anything to go by, we certainly know that we have been at the beg and mercy of a pandemic that continues to evolve and change all the time. And the that it has no rules of its own. It just does whatever it wants. And we are trying to survive in this world that's just forever changing. The landscape is always changing. 
So we're finding it difficult to make plans um, because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know uh, if um, there's going to be a lockdown, if we're going to be just happen to be a close contact of someone. Um, stuff going to Western Australia, like that borders are shut all the time. So don't even bother trying to make plans to go there. So we are finding it really hard to look forward to anything and we're faced with a bit of hopelessness because we don't know what tomorrow may hold. And the thing is, it's, it's who was it? Albert, it's, he's credited with saying it, but I'm not sure if he actually said it or not. Um, and we, he came up with, well, apparently came up with the definition of insanity, which is where we think we try to do the same thing over and over and over again, and we expect a different result. I'll say that again. We try, well, sorry, we do the same thing over and over again, but we expect a different result. And we find that we keep putting our hope in the things of this world, hoping that we will achieve a different result. We're gonna, going to get that promotion. We're going to get those high grades. We're going to get to go to, on our big holiday. And the problem is, is because we're putting our hope in the things of this world, we keep getting let down. And so at some point we need to realize that there should be something else that we should be putting our hope in. We should be realizing that we should be putting our hope in something that will not let us down. And we should be putting our hope in Jesus. So on that note, I'm going to look at today's Bible reading, which comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 to 10. So it's a little bit repetitive, but bear with me. So it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So what I'm going to do is take you on a little bit of a journey, a bit of a history lesson, I guess. I'm going to start with verse 8, where it said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. So what are these offerings? And what is the law? 
So to understand what is happening here, we sort of have to go back into the Old Testament to understand what Jesus was talking about. So as Christians, our understanding of the law is that it is based on the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were handed down to Moses at Mount Sinai after the um, Israelites had been wandering around in the desert for a little bit. And that is recorded in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. But the law is much more than those Ten Commandments. It includes the whole entirety of, I guess, the first five books of the Bible, which is known as the Torah. So that includes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Okay? So those five books outline the who, the why, where, when, and how of the Jewish people. And so through reading the Torah, or those first five books, we can come to know that um, the Jewish nation were chosen by God to be a nation above all nations. And that through them, everyone would come to know who God was. So as part of that, we learn that God blessed Abraham and Sarah, and through them, while they were old and childless, God promised to them that they would have descendants that were as numerous as the stars in the sky. And because that promise was fulfilled, we can trust that God is faithful. We can trust that God will always keep his promises and that he will never go back on his word. If God says he's going to do something, he will do it. So that's really important. Flash forward a few generations and we find that the Israel nation um, are now wandering around in the desert after they've escaped from Egypt. They've got Moses as their leader and what they're doing in the desert, while they're spending these 40 years out in the desert, what they're actually doing is they are learning to rely on God. They are learning that they need to rely on God for his protection and his provision. So they wake up each morning and they find there's manna fallen from heaven. They use that to break their, eat and bake their bread. And then in the evening they have quail, so they have meat, so they full, have full sustenance. They're fully maintained in that way. They learn through the instruction given to them by Moses how to live together as a people. They learn um, how to settle their disputes. They learn how to get along. Um, they learn how to worship God and how to um, celebrate certain festivals and things like that. How to remember... Um, oh, my gosh. What is that thing, the blood over the... Passover, thank you. <laughs> the important thing. Yep. Um, and they also learn about how to atone for their sins through sacrifices. So the first few chapters of Leviticus outline how to um, make sacrifices and the why, why you should make one and who should make it and under what circumstances should you sacrifice a bull, should it be a goat, should it be a lamb, etc., etc. 
So I'll just give you one example. So in Leviticus chapter 4, it says, um, if any member of the community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, when they realize their guilt and the sin they have committed becomes known, they must bring as their offering for the sin they have committed a female goat without defect. And it goes on how to slaughter the goat and so on and so forth. And then it says, in this way, the priest will make atonement for them and they will be forgiven. So we come to understand that these sacrifices and burnt offerings that were made um, were made in accordance with the law to atone for the sins of the people of Israel. So, yeah, so if they sinned for any sort of reason, they would then go to the temple, make the the relevant offering and they would expect that their sin had been forgiven and then they would be right with God. The problem is, is you have to keep offering these sacrifices over and over and over again. So while we acknowledge that the law is good because God is good and the law was given to us by God, what we find in Romans chapter 7 Paul explains to us that while the law is good, it is limited. Because it's limited because it is dependent upon how well we keep the law. So while we can put our hope in the law, just as the Israelites did, we can find that it's all dependent upon us and how well we follow it. And try as we might, we aren't particularly good at following instructions or IKEA instructions especially. But um, yeah, we're not very good at following rules. I mean, how often do you, you're driving along and you just see that the speedo has just gone edged up that little bit and you go, ooh, okay, come down. Or you hit your thumb while you're doing something and you, ooh, a swear word comes out. I mean, how many... How many goats would you go through in a day? So, what was discovered was that the law was not enough to negate the multitude of the sins of the Israelite nation. So year after year, sin after sin, sacrifices would have to be made. And... We're starting to sound familiar, aren't we? We're starting to go back to that definition that I gave you of insanity earlier. We're doing that same thing over and over again. Sin, sacrifice, atonement. Sin, sacrifice, atonement. It's all repetitive. But we have some good news. Yay for good news. The Israelite nation did have something else that they could put their hope into they could put their hope into the promised Messiah, the one who had been promised multiple times beforehand that would come and put aside the old covenant and bring in a new one. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 to 14, it says in quite a lot of detail, it says, In my vision at night I looked... And there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. 
he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. It also says in Jeremiah 31, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. So that's what it means by back in verse 9 where it's said, he says, then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. Where am I? There we go. So because of that, we have this promise of one who is coming that will put aside the old system, the old covenant of sacrifices and establish a new kingdom that will no longer need all these burnt offerings. Jesus was coming and through his ultimate sacrifice, we now have hope in being able to draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance of knowing that our sins have been forgiven once and for all. So through his fulfilment of the prophecies that were foretold in the Old Testament, Jesus achieved the goal that the, that the law of the Old Covenant was never able to do. So through his birth, death and resurrection, Jesus was able to bring about the salvation of humankind and herald in the kingdom of heaven. He established a new covenant under which we can all now put our hope in. So why do we put our hope in Jesus? As we learnt earlier that we find that putting our hope in um, everyday things, putting our hope in the things of this world, only leaves us disappointed and unfortunately at times we can feel like we have no hope at all. But we can have full and complete hope in Jesus Christ our Saviour and his promises. We know that by the grace offered to us through his sacrifice on the cross, whereby he took upon all the sins, so the sins you've committed and the sins you will commit in the future, he took upon everything. He took them all on the cross so that each and every one of us can be confident in receiving eternal life. The good news is that really there is nothing that we have to do. We don't have to offer sacrifices anymore. There's, we can't, it's not about good deeds. We don't have to like, oh yeah, I opened the door for you. Or I, we don't have to rack up some sort of debt system. There's no scales of good or bad, you know, did I do enough good things versus the bad things I did today. There's no counting that anymore. We don't have to worry about that. Jesus has already paid our entry fee into heaven. All we need to do is have faith. And the thing is, 
The faith that we have isn't even our faith. The faith that we have has been given to us as a gift by the Holy Spirit. So when we realised that we couldn't do life on our own, that we needed Jesus, that gift of the Holy Spirit was given to us. So we can be assured of that, that we now can experience this love, hope, peace and joy because we have been given it to us as a gift by the Holy Spirit. So, of course, we can certainly have hope. I really want to encourage you that we can have hope because it's not about us. It's about the work that God is doing in our lives. When we realise that we have to fully rely and commit our lives to Jesus, we discover that he will never leave us or forsake us. He will never disappoint us. He will never break down, just like the things of the world will. We can be assured that God is faithful. We know that he holds true to his promises. We know that if he says he will do something, he will do it. So because of that, we can be definitely assured that God is true to his word, just as, as he has always been. So that on the day that when we do come into God's presence, we know that we will be able to stand confident, knowing that we have fought the good fight. We have finished the race and we have kept the faith. Now there is in store for us the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to us on that day for all who have longed and hoped for his appearing. So I've talked a lot, but what I want to do is just quickly summarise what we've learned today. So first of all, we've learnt that, one, putting our hope in ourselves and others and the things of the material things of this world, unfortunately, will, at times in our lives, we will be disappointed. The second thing we've learnt is that while the law given to the Israelites, the, the old covenant, while it was good, it wasn't enough to bring about the reconciliation of humankind to God. However, it did provide a really good framework and a basis for which we can now, that we, for how to live peaceably with one another and with God. Because it says in Romans chapter 14, verse 5, everything that was written down in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement, the encouragement that they provide, we might have hope. So finally, we discover that Jesus is the one that we should be putting our hope into. He came to fulfill the law and the prophecies and to establish a new covenant 
where we can all be reconciled with God by grace through faith. So the question is, in the lead up to Christmas, as we reflect on the hope that was brought down to us as a newborn baby, where do you put your hope? Do you need to readjust your priorities? Do you need to let go of some of the things of this world so that you can relax knowing that God has things in control? So regardless of what you have done or what you do, your age or your stage, we can all have hope in the love, the joy and the peace that comes from a relationship with our Lord and Saviour. So this hope is a hope that will never disappoint us because it's been poured out onto each and every one of us through the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come into Christmas, we want to thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you that through his death on the cross, you brought in a new way of things to be. You brought in a one sacrifice for all so that there would be no rinse and repeat. We could stand confident knowing that when we say sorry for our sins, that they are forgiven. So Lord, help us to remember that we have hope in the things that are eternal. Help us to focus on you this Christmas and share the knowledge of the hope that you bring with one another. This we pray. Amen.